1: slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. A to Z with Mark Zeno, Part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now.
0: Go! Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, stick to the basics. Welcome in. We are live here on a football Friday. Appreciate you guys joining me. A lot to do. Of course, we'll have our picks for the show. we got some college football news to get to. But of course, we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons. Just a moment. Reminder to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnATL. I'm at Mark M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up and a like to all the content there. And don't forget, we are on Roku TV. You got an Amazon Fire Stick, however you get Roku TV, download that app. Check out Locked On Sports Atlanta, all the great shows we have here on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. All right, Falcons and Panthers tomorrow from uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And um, Falcons are laying four and a half points in the game. We'll get to that before the end of the show. But, you know, I was kind of looking at the the game itself and last night and trying to figure out a game script and how this is going to go and the way the Falcons could go out and try to win this game. And I got to tell you, for as much as we've all – lamented the passing game this week. And for as much as we've all said, winning this way, the way they run the ball isn't sustainable. And for as much as we've all sat there and said, oh, you know, they got to get better in the passing game. Guys, guess what? Um, they need to run the ball this week. It's that simple. Like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. There, there is nothing about the Panthers that says they're going to be beaten soundly through the passing game. The Panthers' defense is like their only strong suit. It's middle of the road statistically. They're great up front, uh, and their front four is very tough. Go ask Tom Brady because uh, they beat him up last week when they played them. And so the way this game needs to unfold is the Falcons need to do what they do well, and that's run the football. Don't try to be something you're not. Winning games ultimately is the only measure upon which you are judged. Frank Reich, who benched former Falcon Matt Ryan earlier this week, said it very simply. As a coach, I'm judged off wins and losses. Correct. That's it. You don't get style points for throwing for 300 yards in a game and losing. You don't get pats on the back for throwing for 400 yards in a game and losing. You don't get awards for throwing for 400 yards in a game and losing. You know what you get? A loss. You get enough of those, you get fired. So, plain and simple. Arthur Smith does not need, and he knows this, guys. We've talked about this. Arthur Smith does not need to try to do something he can't and be something he's not this week. Run the rock. Run it often. Control the game. Control the flow. And get out of there with a W. That's the most important thing. It genuinely is. Because... If you want to try to throw the ball against this team and against corners like J.C. Horn and everybody else, well, guess what? Eh, might not go so well for you. Now, all things considered, again, I'm with you. If they're only going to throw 15 times in this game, okay, and we've talked about this, if they're only going to throw 15 times, totally fine with it. Just maximize the 15 throws and make sure the ball on 12 of those 15 throws gets to... Kyle Pitts and Drake London. That's it. I mean, I don't care. I I don't know if you guys are hung up on this. I genuinely don't care about the stats overall and, and what they do. I mean, and I've had to make a hard pivot, guys, in watching this team. I sat here all summer long and all preseason long and told you that if Kyle Pitts doesn't increase his his – target share and doesn't increase his production, then Arthur Smith is derelict as a head coach. I I watched three games of this season and said, nope, wrong on that one. We're all wrong on it. Marcus Mariota is so limited at the position that Arthur Smith is 100% right for attacking the game the way he does. And Give him some credit, guys. I don't know how many times we have to do this. Give him some credit because He wants to be balanced. He'd love to be able to run 27 times a game and pass 28. Love to. Trust me. It's not that he doesn't want to do it. He's just disciplined as hell. And the difference is between him and other coaches, the coaches who aren't as disciplined, they end up making mistakes and they end up getting beat. And oh, by the way, in case you didn't watch Thursday Night Football. What's on the line here is the simple difference of winning this game and being in sole possession of first place in the division or losing this game and being stuck in a three-way tie and being 0-3 in the division. So what's more important to you, folks? Your precious passing yards or first place a division win and having controlled the division at the midway point of the season? I think the answer should be obvious. If it's not obvious, the problem's on you. They will be fine in the passing game. They'll be able to figure this out. They'll be able to uh, get what they need to get out of this game. But in case you haven't noticed, this is sort of like a dangerous spot um, for the Falcons. I know you're not really looking at it that way because everyone's sort of overlooking the Panthers. Don't. If it's one thing I've learned about covering the NFL, and in particular betting on the NFL... Um, situationally, games can be dictated more than necessarily what a team's record is. Now, you could argue the Panthers are primed for a letdown after a big win on the road last week, and they're on back-to-back road games. But I would also tell you, and we've seen this a lot in the betting world, when the Falcons go out and are an underdog for seven consecutive weeks, and they go 6-0 against the spread, losing their first one last week, and an underdog of six or more on three or four occasions of those first seven games, and then you go out and lay points as a favorite, guess what? They don't cover. That doesn't mean the Falcons can't win, but this game's going to be tighter than what you think is the point that I'm I'm pushing towards. So, before we get to the whole entire pick segment, I'll tell you right now, I'm back in the Panthers plus four and a half. I still think the Falcons can win the game. They can win it by a field goal. They can win it by two, but... This is going to be tighter than you think. This isn't going to be a walk in the park. Unfortunately, guys, you have to acknowledge the fact that the Falcons really aren't good enough to separate from anybody in this league. They're not talented enough to do it. There are talented teams. There are more talented teams who can't separate from anybody. See the Buccaneers who played last night. They're more talented than the Falcons. Go look at the roster, especially when healthy. Not really the case. So there is a lot on the line here for this team. And I'm sure Arthur Smith, after last night, will walk into that facility today on Friday and remind his team what is on the line on Sunday and how critical of a game this is. Oh, by the way, again, when it comes to tiebreakers, you don't want to be 0-3 in a division, your first three division games. They need this thing badly, badly. I mean, this is a, a huge game for this team, and they're going to get them two times, in three weeks. And how foolish do I look? Because I was sitting here saying, but well, this is the week that Desmond Ritter was going to start. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> thought this would have been the perfect starting spot. I'd also thought the Falcons were going to be like two and five or one and six. But you know, we were all wrong on that one. So there's that. I mean, this this game speaks so much to Arthur Smith staying within himself and doing what he knows is best and what he can execute best, and that's running the football. Don't overthink it, guys. Like they said in Bull Durham, don't think. It can only hurt the ball club. And that's certainly the case for the Falcons this week. Don't overthink it. Run the ball, run it well, and beat the team in front of you. All right, an interesting statement from a college quarterback who says maybe they might be better than Georgia. Tell you that next. First, a word from our friends at Bet Online. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Told you the Falcon spread. We've got a bunch of other games we're going to get to. You get all my spreads and information from Bet Online. I do it each week because there are new news and reviews of every league at Bet Online, NFL, college football, big weekend in college talked about that yesterday major league baseball world series getting underway nba nhl combat sports esports even golf it's all right there Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information you get info on live in-game betting scores podcasts they've got you covered podcasts have a ton of great information from their sports betting analysts you can head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn about all the action that's happening today bet online where the game starts okay
2: at highland we're all about celebrating little wins
0: when Georgia opened up their season against Oregon and uh, beat the ever-loving snot out of them. Um, Now, I was uh, somebody who thought Oregon would stay close in that game, thought it would be a little bit tight. Um, I was dead wrong. Georgia came out, scored a touchdown on their first seven possessions, steamrolled Oregon, made them look like they weren't in the same class, and, uh, yeah, everybody in the world of Georgia has forgotten about Oregon, as they probably should have. Me, I didn't, um, and I I sort of doubled down on Oregon as a good team and didn't get stuck in what I saw in week one. Now, I got into a little bit of a debate with uh, another colleague in the media um, last night because, uh, well, you know, Bo Nix of Oregon, former Auburn quarterback, um, gave an interview to CBSSports.com and had some interesting quotes today, or yesterday it was. And basically, Bo Nix said, and I'm going to quote him here, Now, if we played them, Georgia, again tomorrow, the game would be completely different, and everybody knows that. And then he was asked, Do you believe Oregon would beat Georgia today? Bo Nix said, I do. From the first game of the season, a lot of teams get so much better. Close quote. Now, Georgia fans, obviously, are going to scoff at the notion that Oregon could beat them. Um, I would tell you that is a team, Oregon is a team, that may be the most equipped to beat Georgia of any team in the country at this point in time, more so than Alabama, more so than Tennessee. Um, That is a really a legitimate, there's an argument there to be made. Will they do it? No, probably not. But is there an argument for it? Yeah, there absolutely is. I mean, this is a team that has the fifth best rushing offense in the country. Right? Um, They're top 20 in rushing defense. Uh, They have a quarterback who, when doesn't make mistakes, has been fantastic this year. Bo Nix has been legitimately off the charts good this year. Now... You can get into this whole transitive property game if you want and go, well, you know, they only beat Washington State by three. That, that's ridiculous. I mean, we're not going to sit here and do that because, again, Georgia only beat Missouri by four. I, I, on the neutral side, I think Washington beats Washington State beats Missouri. They're, they're a better team. Um, so we don't need to sit here and, and play that transitive property game because it's you're just going to run around in circles. What I do know here is that Oregon, their defense travels. And what has happened is, is that Oregon now has become the most physical team in the Pac-12. Why? Two words, Dan Lanning. Utah used to hold that moniker as the most physical team in the Pac-12. That's how they used to beat people. Well, that's how they did beat people. Um, but Oregon has changed. You know, when, when, when they went and, and smacked around UCLA last week, who was one of the best offenses in the country, uh, and has one of the one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country, in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, you know, they beat them up front, and they beat them around, and they took a team that could run the ball really well with Zach Charbonnet and basically shut them down. Oregon is a very complete team because they're well coached. Why? Because they have a coach who, oh, by the way, learned under Kirby smart. Like, Dan Lanning isn't stupid. Um, Dan Lanning has the ability and understands how to build a football team that can beat everybody. I'm not sitting here telling you that Oregon would beat Georgia, but if I had to list three teams, the top three teams that I think that could beat Georgia on a neutral site field, Oregon would be one of them. Now, Alabama would be the other, uh, would be one, you know, the second one, just simply because Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart, you know, and he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the country and you can't deny that. So that would be another one. But I think when you talk about Georgia and who could beat them, you know, and you're going to laugh at the third team that I'm going to pick. Um, but it's just, you know, I don't know. We've never seen Georgia play Ohio State. I, I, I was going to say Michigan, and then I just thought, okay, well, could Ohio, State? Ohio State defensively presents some issues, if you will, right? Like that to me is something where I, I, I think Georgia could really take advantage in the Ohio State secondary, especially when you talk about Brock Bowers and the challenges that he would present from a coverage standpoint for a team that isn't necessarily great at pass defense. So um, that's why I kind of, you know, look at them and go, hmm. But Ohio State probably would be one. Uh, Michigan, you know, a coin flip game between the two of them. We'll see later on this year. But those are the type of teams. You know, either they're really fast and hard to cover on offense, which Ohio State is, uh, or really physical like Michigan is. You uh, Oregon has the same sort of, you know, mantra with both of those. Although they're not as fast on offense as Ohio State is. They're, they're really physical up front. And Bama, you know, those are a handful of teams I think that could beat Georgia. But still, Georgia is a team that ha- that has to play flawless this year. You've seen what happens when they make mistakes. Kent State hangs around. Missouri has a lead. I, I've said routinely all year long, the only team that can beat Georgia is Georgia. If Georgia doesn't make mistakes in a game and they don't turn the football over and they execute, like they don't go like three for 13 on third downs, those kind of things they execute well, nobody's beating Georgia. But if you'd like to make a case for the, the, the handful of teams that could beat them, Oregon would absolutely be in that bunch. They're talented enough. They're well coached. And they have a quarterback that is accomplished enough. Now, you know, you guys are all sitting here going, well, Bo Nix has never beaten Georgia, whether he's at Auburn or Oregon. You're right. He hasn't. I mean, you know, it should go a little bit beyond the quarterback, especially in college. Not so much, you know, in the NFL, it's different, but still. It's just interesting. Like, I, I is Bo Nix out over his keys thinking they can beat Georgia? I wouldn't say completely. Would Georgia win again by 46? No. They're not beating Oregon by 46 the second time around. On a neutral site, field no shot. I don't even think they beat Oregon by 46 at Sanford Stadium. They're just a better team now. They're a different team. Dan Lanning wasn't prepared to handle Georgia in week one as much as he knows everything that they do. He's probably a lot more equipped to handle them now. Everybody should be better now than what they were in week one. That's kind of how a football season goes. Speaking of football, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Falcons. Your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. You don't want to miss the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we get to my college and NFL picks for this weekend, it's time for Shovel of Wisdom.
3: Brace yourselves, because it's time for the shovel of wisdom.
2: Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We got a set of foolish thing or doing something stupid. We do it right here with the shovel of wisdom. You can use all my Twitter account at I M A R Z I N O. Press use hashtag shovel of wisdom. And today, my shovel goes to Xavier Howard. Wonder who Xavier Howard is, right now. he's an NFL quarterback, in Miami Dolphins. Um, he got listed in a lawsuit, which uh, is surprising, but the reason why he got listed in a lawsuit is probably never something you never want to see listed in a lawsuit. It's not out loud. And while the woman who has uh, filed the lawsuit is protected is Jane Doe, well, Howard is listed as a defendant in a lawsuit alleging he gave a woman. That. Oh, uh, man. Wow. Uh, the lawsuit states that Jane Doe and Howard met in February 2018. Howard asked her on the date and provided a copy of negative results. for recent STD test alleged that Howard got her back the, the following year and failed to inform no continued relationship with her. I would say she tested positive March of 2021 identified Howard as the only individual who could have transmitted it to her. Uh, the lawsuit alleges that Howard initially denied it. Jane Doe's accusation, ultimately admitted the idea. The woman is demanding trial by jury and is suing Howard for damages next to $30,000. Here's the thing, Zadian. probably should have just paid her and made this whole thing not become public. But what do I know? What do I know? And again, and all things considered pretty grand. It's not a lot of money. We'll get yours, Lane. I just hope Okay. On to other vices in this world. Family. Sports family. Make sure you go to the bet online. Check out a whole lot. Um, let's get to the NFL first. In uh, a couple of games that I am buying up very much so this weekend. Look, I told you again, I'm not being bashful about it. I'll take the Panthers in the four and a half. The like, Falcons them easily win this game by field goal, and I can cash it back in the Panthers. I just hope the Falcons are going to be favored. By anything other than a field goal or under against any team in this league. It, it, nothing about the metrics, especially when you're talking about a Falcons team that's likely not going to have AJ Theroux. Casey Hayward is also out. The cornerback starting for the Falcons are, you don't know. Because I don't know either. I couldn't even play the name. Guys that struggled last week, know the Panthers are not the Bengals. That really doesn't really mean anything. When you're starting non NFL players, Guys who would barely play in the fourth quarter of the preseason game, guess what? Uh, DJ Moore should be open a lot on Sunday. This is what it is. So and this is a defense that continues to give up yards, big, big chunks. They did it against everybody this year. Guys have been outgained in nearly every game this year. The Falcons have. This is a defense that gives up a lot of yards. The real question is: Will the Panthers turn those yards into points? That remains to be seen. If Falcons do that. If they, if, if they force the Panthers to gain more field goals. And score touchdowns, not a keep covering this game. But I'm I'm not backing it until I see something different from the so' the top. So for the Panthers plus four and a half. Situationally, laying big numbers this this NFL season is, is just like maniacally helpful. That the rate that underdogs are covered, the underdogs bigger than a touchdown, the way they've covered, it's insane to lay big numbers. That said, I'm still gonna back the Dallas Cowboys this week. Um because the Chicago Bears are on the tail end of back-to-back road game. That's always tough. They're on a short week after a road game on Monday night last week. And oh, by the way, they won a road game, and they're feeling their oats right now. This is not a good Chicago Bears game. This is the best defense in the league, possibly. To help so they're going on the road on a short week for the best defense in the league. Guess what? Justin Fields is not going to have to measure his best. Ability just uh, playing You won't do it. And furthermore, the last time the Bears won a game, um, they, when they beat San Fran and Dusty Fields was sliding all over the place, guess what? They went out the following week, they got beat 27 to 10. They lost like that fact, the Cowboys just in the nine, nine and a half, the you know, in the week. Uh, I will say there is one more game. I'll wait till Sunday to get the window on um, and make a wager. But uh, I like Miami this week against Detroit. Detroit is still missing. Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift are absolutely back to health. Those two guys are everything to that offense, especially St. Brown, who has become a paradoxical pretty blanket. And if uh, those guys aren't playing, the Detroit offense will be as lifeless as it was against Dallas. And Miami's defense isn't as good as Dallas. We you know that. But they're good enough. Plus, you get another week to a Going through practice prep, getting everything underneath them. They left a lot of points on the board that Alton's did against the Steelers on Sunday night. This is a much worse defense. They'll be able to put those points up and score touchdowns. Three and a half, short number. Um, always hate laying that extra hook. But if you find a three out there, I'd buy out Miami immediately. I wouldn't even wait. because the number. Um, but if you get a three, go out there and back Miami. Uh, but I'll wait till Sunday, just to see the injury who's playing and who isn't because as soon as I get that information, um, you know, I, I know where things are gonna go. And again, the we're report later today, Friday. Usually when guys don't have full participation attacks on Friday, they likely don't play on Sunday. So um, those are three of the NFL games on my card uh, this week. Over to college, I'll play my best bet right off the bat. Um not to stay late and uh, we'll look for some tax action late on Saturday night. UCLA against Stanford. UCLA coming off a loss last week, we talked about it earlier in the show, you know, beat up by Oregon. A lot of times you get that first loss of college you have to just double let down next week. I don't think this is a spot where that happens. This is a perfect bounce back opponent. Why? Because Stanford is bad. Uh, their offense is the bottom third, bottom, you know, two of the back twelve, and their defense is third to last in Rushing yards allowed. That means Zach Straubnady, really after mid 20, should have an 8K. We're in Thompson Robinson, the most efficient quarterback in the country, putting 75% of his passes. UCLA converts nearly 57% of the third down conversion. So this is a perfect bounce back spot. I know it seems like a lot of points at 16.5, but you're under those discussions and field goals. So, you know, again, it's theoretically a you number. Know, numbers are really relate to the quality um, You know, that is one that, uh, uh, I can look at and back at UCLA to really leave Stanford. Both the SEC games look at this week. I do believe Georgia covers the 22-and-a-half. It's a big, big number, and a lot of people won't lay it. But I don't think Florida really stands offensively. Just look at this. The one defense that Florida played this year that was even remotely close to Georgia is Kentucky. Florida only scored this. Anthony Richardson is not really very competent. Power 5 SEC quarterback. He's going to struggle in my defense. Uh, uh, and I don't know if Florida scores more than 13 points. I think Georgia easily gets 40 against it. If they don't, well, then they're going to have a hard time covering unless they keep Florida up to 10 or less. But 13 is the key number for the Georgia team. If they don't let up more than 13, they're going to be fine. And it could not turn out like it did last year, 34-7. to Right? Like, that's kind of where Georgia's defense is. And then finally, guys, guess what? Yeah, I'm going to back Kentucky up this week against Tennessee. No, Tennessee's going to get got. Because of that pass defense. They're going to have a game where their offense isn't as sharp and can't score as many points as it always does. And guess what? Their pass defense is a major liability. Well, if Anthony Richardson, who isn't a good quarterback, can throw for four hundred and fifty-seven against that team, And Jaden Daniels at LSU, who isn't a good quarterback, can throw for 300 against that team, I think Will Levis is going to do it. Like, I know Hendon Hooker is getting all the attention for Heisman consideration and everything else. But Will Levis is getting attention for, oh, I don't know, the number one overall pick in the first quarterback call next year. So, Levis should have a big day. Kentucky will control the pace. we will grind this thing down. The easiest way to for them to stop um, fantasy for scoring is not letting them touch the ball enough Kentucky's really good at. One of the best time of possession teams in the country. So, Mark Stoops loves playing. Spoiler. I don't know if they can win this thing, but I certainly can keep it in 12 and a half. So, those are the players for the week. And again, I want to remind you guys, make locked on top to a very first this is because Aaron Freeman really just. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Day podcast. The biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions, game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever. Uh, That'll do football Friday here on ABC. I appreciate you guys joining me. Back on Monday, we'll recap the entire weekend. Falcons, Georgia, college football pro, and a whole lot more right here on ABC. You guys have a wonderful football Friday. Talk to you Monday. Have a great
3: weekend. Okay. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to sixty with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus performance line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.